is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni. Joining me once again is Shay Dixon. And Shay, it is game week. Yes. We are here Monday, August 28th, 9 a.m. And uh, we got to watch some Week Zero football. Um, you know, place a little wagers on them. Uh, some people did all right. Some people didn't. But uh, that's football. We're back. I was in front of my TV, had... You know, San Diego State, Ohio on one screen, UCLA or, or USC, San Jose State on the other screen. I was – life was good. Life was good. Life was good. Is good or what good? Or really it, life? Saturday, Saturday specifically. Saturday specifically was, was, was the peak of my week. So uh, next Saturday it will be the same thing. Well, actually Thursday has a really good slate of games too. We, it's all football from here on out. We're set. We actually have a good Thursday, Friday, Saturday, LSU Sunday, Clemson yep. Duke Monday. So we got about a five game stretch here to five day stretch yes. of games to kick everybody off. No better way to kick us off, huh, Matty B, than our first mailbag of the season. Yes. And I do want to say at the front of this podcast as well, we'll be back in our uh, podcast schedule for those who were with us last year, maybe, or who weren't with us last year. We Monday's mailbag, Tuesday recruiting pods. Uh, we're gonna try to add a Wednesday podcast this this year to uh, for either guests or just uh, other podcasts, but then Friday previews and then obviously our post game reaction podcast as well. So five podcasts a week for y'all. Uh, try to give y'all all the content you need for LSU football. And um, yeah, like Shay said, we can get into the mailbag. These all are right, only for um... subscribers as well. Thank you to our uh, Bengal Tiger subscribers. Um, if you're not already subscribed. Uh, what a year half off Shay, right? Or the first month for one dollar. So got some deals. Yes, that is uh we're across all of on three. So if you're an LSU yeah. fan and you're not a Bengal Tiger member yet, where we hang out all day every day, uh, it is fifty percent off right now for the whole year, or as you said, one dollar for the first month to get you through football season. So jump on board with us. Obviously, give us a, a like and subscribe wherever you're listening on YouTube or uh, Spotify, Apple Music, but if you actually want to hang out with us every day and get all of our content, content we are on the Bengal Tiger, and all these questions are from subscribers. So we will uh, knock it out. A lot of guys, um, subscribers, are making their return here, Matty B, on episode one. Um, yep. So shout out to those guys. We'll start out with Cairo Tiger. If LSU ends up blowing out Florida State, that game is Sunday night at 6 p.m. Uh, or 6.36, one of the two. Yep. Uh, what are the key factors that have transpired? Um, he said, for instance, the front seven dominates, an offensive player goes off, etc. So basically, what in a blowout happened for LSU uh, to get that result, to garner uh, a huge win? Two things. Um, they might be obvious, I guess, at this point, but two things. I think Jane Daniels is going to have to play at an elite level. Passing the football, um, you know, very few incompletions, no interceptions. You don't give Florida State anything easy. You sustain drives. You know, you put them, um, you know, even if the drives that don't work out, you're at the 50, let's say. 
Um, I, I just think they're going to have to move the ball consistently through the air to a degree. As much as I think the run game will be a factor, um, I think at the end of the day, Jaden Daniels' legs, Jaden Daniels' arms, if he gets going on the offensive end, I think then that will um, put up some quick points, maybe put up 21 in the first quarter and a half or something. And then on defense, I do think now more than ever, this is the Harold Perkins game um, for a multitude of reasons, pressure on quarterback, stopping the run. Um, just Harold Perkins is going to have to disrupt this game, force fumble, interception, you name it, a couple sacks. Like that's what could really get this game out of hand is if Harold Perkins make those makes those plays that we saw against, you know, everybody, Alabama, Arkansas, so on and so forth. So those are my two things on, on each side is if LSU is able to get out to like a 21-0 lead. Uh, I think those will have happened. I'll go more broad then. Um, I think if this was a blowout, it means LSU jumps on Florida State early. Uh, and that means getting a double-digit lead at some point in the first quarter, early into the second quarter, to where Florida State's out of their rhythm. They're having to play catch-up. Uh, and then perhaps you can uh, capitalize on some mistakes, um, things like that. So I, I think this is a tight game. Um, but – what would have to happen if it was a blowout? That would mean to me LSU jumps all over them out of the gates. Florida State then has to go away from maybe what their you know scripted plays or at least what they wanted to do in the game and go more pass heavy to catch up and and perhaps that leads to mistakes being made as I noted. So again, I think it's a close game, but if it is a blowout, it's because LSU did not stumble out of the gates and that they looked very sharp in the first half. And that will be big because that was not the case a year ago. And this one played out very much into the fourth quarter. So you don't want to fall behind, obviously. And um, we saw what happened. It took a long, what, a fumble and a fumble recovery, forced fumble and recovery by Makai Wingo, and then them drive the whole field basically to score with no time left. You don't want to be in that position. So jump on them quickly. Uh, BR Tiger, in the weather, uh, heat of Orlando, what will be the D-line rotation? Hopefully we can control the clock and get off the field on third downs. To me, getting off the field on defense will determine if we win or lose. I obviously think that always plays a big role in winning or losing. Yeah. But speaking to the D-line rotation, Matty B, we've talked about this D-line having a lot more depth. Now they're going to play this game without Mason Smith, one of their most important pieces. But how deep do you think a rotation goes? Because – I'll offer up your options here. If we're just talking D-line, not so much Jack linebacker, guys who play with their hand in the dirt. Yeah. Savion Jones is a starter. He's backed up by guys like Quincy Wiggins and Paris Shand and Womack. Um, you know, Mason Smith is out. Jordan Jefferson is in. He's a guy at West Virginia who played a lot of games, but has not played yet in the SEC. He has faced Florida State a number of times. Um, and then you've got Makai Wingo. He's backed up. Uh, really depends the number of guys. I almost feel like Wingo's about to be put in a position, Matty B, where he was last year in this game, where he's going to have to play nearly the entire time. Uh, but you've got Jacoby and Guillory as a nose tackle, and you do have some depth there. So you were at every single practice. How deep are you going with the rotation here? Uh, not not super deep. I know there's a fantasy of like, you know, LSU rotating in like eight guys on the defensive line. I just don't I don't know how much deeper um they go without Mason Smith. Like you need you need Makai Wingo on the field a ton this game. Like you need I I'd argue Savion Jones, you need him on the field a ton this game. Um as much as I think Parrish and Quincy Wiggins and 
potentially Womack can make plays. I think Jones is substantially better than all three of them. And I think uh, Mikhail Wingo is substantially better than most of the backups. I, I think in this game specifically without Mason Smith, you're, you're not allotted that flexibility that you really wanted with Mason Smith. Um, and you know, where you could have one guy out and you know, so on and so forth. But yeah, to answer the question, I would go probably six, seven, seven potentially deep uh, with Jones, Wingos, um, and uh, Guillory as starters, and then Jefferson, Shand, Lee probably as a backup nose, and then if you want to rotate Quincy Wiggins in there, um, I would put Quincy in there. So um, not too far off of the eight that I kind of made fun of earlier, but I think I think seven is is probably my max, absolute max, but probably six more likely. I'm on board with you. I think this first game, you're not going too deep with it. I think the depth play is more of a season-long thing yes. uh, than it is right out of the gates, especially with the game this tough. But uh, we'll see. It'll give us a glimpse into to kind of how they feel about the defensive line with who they play in this one, which is about as tough of a game as you'll get. Um, Grape Swisha, uh, or as Matthew would say, uh, Grape Swisha, uh, is Harold going to play more off guard? I was caught off guard, was caught off guard last year. Mason with pass rush, rush ability. And he gave a bonus question in there. Would you rather have uh, give up Quentin Tarantino movies or Christopher Nolan movies? That's a no-brainer for me. I would give up Christopher Nolan movies and keep Tarantino movies. You've got True Romance. I'm a little younger. I mean, there's the Jackie Brown. I'll go with the low-key ones. I don't even have to hit you with Pulp Fiction or anything else. So that's an easy one for me. Or are you like a Batman fan and you're just – Well, I I feel like I'm a little younger, so I was more in the Nolan – Yeah. From 06 or whatever to now, it's like Nolan, Nolan, Nolan. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, I, res- I understand what Tarantino did. So. This was a generational question, it seems like. So <laughs> the, the younger crowd prefers Christopher Nolan films, and that's all guys yeah. stick with Tarantino. I mean, I've seen, I've seen most of the Tarantinos, so it's not like I am not a, a, up to them. They're great. But, uh, yeah, Nolan's been more recent, obviously. We've got Matty B. Well-versed over here. Y'all don't doubt us. The young buck is coming along quickly. Um, Okay, you actually talked about this a good bit, though. Harold playing more off the edge. We know that Harold Perkins has spent all of fall camp at linebacker, and we've just talked about how are they going to utilize him. Is he going to blitz from there? Is he going to spy? But without Mason Smith, do you think that they want to play him now all of a sudden? Hey, let's put him back on the edge for some plays. I think for some plays, I we saw them work him in on third downs specifically. Like that was the third down packages were very obviously Harold Perkins moved to the edge and rushed the passer. Now I think it's going to be more interesting on the first and second downs, or specifically second and longs, where it's probably a pass play. What they do with Harold Perkins without Mason Smith, I think in an ideal situation, second or third and and really long potentially probably more so the second downs where if you can get pressure with just your front four, you can have Harold Perkins as a spy as, you know, maybe playing a middle third of a zone. Um, There's, there's just so many more options there, but without Mason Smith, it's like, I want Harold Perkins to be attacking on those plays. Now, is it more risky? Yes. But I think for this game, you're going to have to take some chances with Harold Perkins as a pass rusher from multiple spots. And I know everybody's talked about that, you know, the, the multiplicity of Harold Perkins blitzing from the inside, the outside, everywhere. Yes, they're going to need him attacking, though. That was my thing the entire offseason was 
he's too good of a playmaker to have him just sit back and react. So I do think they blitz him more than if Mason was um, was playing, but they've also known about Mason Smith not playing for the, the offseason. So maybe what we saw in the fall was what they're going to do. And so it's, it's an interesting dynamic of this game for sure. I think it'll be a little bit of a mixed bag. I'm with you in this one. And I think that Hal spent a lot of the offseason focused on Harold at linebacker, but that doesn't mean he won't go back and do a good bit of what he did last year, especially as you noted on third downs, passing downs. When you want to get after the quarterback, he is your best option. So, and guarding Jordan Travis, a guy who has good legs, I think there'll be a good amount of Harold spying and keeping an eye on him. So, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Harold Perkins, big, big part of this game, yes, especially with Mason out. Uh, Zud the HUD, uh, how hot is it going to be? That could have a serious effect on the players. Um, well, I guess that's some bad news, good news. Bad news, obviously, for the folks in Florida. Tropical storms rolling through this week. Um, yeah. Thoughts and prayers with everyone over there. Yes. Uh, we will see how that affects kind of game week preparations for FSU and what things look like on the weekend. But uh, the forecast for right now is looking Sunday, high of 87, low of 74. So shouldn't be as hot as what they've dealt with every single day in fall camp, uh, which is a good thing. We'll just have to keep an eye on what the uh, the weather looks like in terms of rain or uh, anything else like that. But it should cool down a good bit uh, in Florida and certainly in Orlando uh, over the next week uh, with the tropical storm coming yeah. through. I've got Boone the and uh, Bourbon. Uh, wait, wait, I've got Josh the, uh, Williams and Logan Diggs, and who gets the most carries game go. one? Uh, I'll say this about health status. Brian Kelly said, and now a lot of schools are following suit here, and Brian Kelly explained it has to do with we want to be very clear because now gambling is legalized more everywhere across the country. We've seen a lot of different schools get wrapped up in it. LSU's not been one of them. Uh, but for Brian Kelly to come through and say, we're going to give an update on Monday on health. We'll give a final update on or another update on Thursday. And then on Saturday, we will release who is playing and who is not playing. And that is the NFL style. LSU has not done that before, but it keeps any sort of inside info that folks may have in the building away. Right. It doesn't become a thing where people are leaking things and the game lands are affected or people are gambling on it for whatever reason. It's very upfront, clear who's going to play. So we will know this answer before the game. Yes. Uh, but is there any reason to believe either of those guys will not play? No. Uh, Brian Kelly said on uh, said last week that all three of them had practiced, including Armani Goodwin. So uh, that they practiced, uh, they were full go at practice, I should say. that where Whereas in the fall, we saw them limited um, on and off, you know, working individual stuff by themselves. So, um, yeah, full go. Sounds like they're doing 11-11 stuff now. Um, I expect them to play. Uh, most carries, it's a crab shoot right now uh, because, like I said, we haven't seen them in the fall camps. But um, I'll stick with, I'll stick with Logan Diggs getting the most carries just because that's what I've been on all summer. 
I'll go Josh Williams gets a start and gets the most carries. I think they trust him the most right now. That was clear a year ago. I think the point remains the same, at least right now, heading into week one. We'll see how guys like Logan Diggs and others emerge, but I will rock with Josh Williams, game one, most carries. LWT, do you think Matt House, LSU's DC, will play to the strengths of the team? Uh, I think it's clear these corners might be more suited to man up instead of zone and then slowly bring the zone concepts along. Your thoughts, Matty B? You've done a lot of film breakdowns. Do you feel that yep. this is a team that will rely a lot on zone, or do you think they go more man? I don't – yeah, I, I don't really see how it's clear that the corners are more suited to man. Um, I don't think Deuce Chestnut's more suited to man. Uh, Sage maybe uh, more is more athletic, so maybe him um, – Zai, I thought, played a lot of zone at Southeastern, was really good because he's 6'2 and can cover a lot of ground. Um, so, yeah, I definitely don't think it's clear one way or the other. Um, that's something we'll have to see and learn from. We definitely saw them do a lot of zone stuff in fall camp, so it led me to believe they're trying to, you know, maybe. And with the zone, I think the goal in to a degree is we don't know what we have at corner, so – let's try to take some pressure off of them and try not to leave them on islands with Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. Like I would think that would be the plan. I don't want Zy Alexander and Deuce Chestnut or Sage Ryan on islands with Johnny Wilson and uh, Keon Coleman. So one way or another, they're going to have to get some help. I assume it to be in the form of playing some zone. Um, Obviously there's a lot more intricacies than just that. I'm not saying that there's not, but Ultimately, I, I would feel kind of sketchy about just leaving them in man for a majority of the game. Um, but yeah, and then to answer the strengths of this team, I think the strengths of this team is that linebacker and defensive line. So um, I would hope and I think I assume that, again, they're going to try to stop the run. That's going to be a major point of emphasis and then get to Jordan Travis. NolaFan33, your prediction for the first offensive play of the season. I am going to go quick slant to Malik Neighbors. That's a good one. Little shotgun, little fake the handoff, and then just a quick throw to Malik. I think they're just running the ball. <laughs> first play. If they come out throwing, I'll feel really good. I feel really good about them just throwing the ball. But what was the first play last year? Wasn't it Jane Daniels scrambling for like 30 yards? Or that one might have been the second play, but he scrambled for like 30 yards somewhere really early in that possession. And I was like, Here well, that, we go. Was, that was a tale of what was to come. A lot okay, of Jaden Daniels scrambles. Make plays. Uh, okay. I'm going to uh, quick slant Malik. We'll see who wins that debate uh, come Sunday night. Uh, GW, uh, shout out GW, who's been on the site now a couple months. Um, besides Ashton Stamps, who do you think has been the least talked about recent signee that could turn heads more than once this season. Uh, and he tossed in a little extra there, uh, Mexican or Chinese food. He says Mexican for him all day. I'm actually going to go Chinese food. I am a big Asian food, and we can get into Vietnamese, any of that. I'll, so I'm, I'll, I'll expand his Chinese and just say I like Asian food as much or more than Mexican. Interesting. Um, I'm from San Antonio, Texas. so You have to say it. I'm... I, I, I eat Mexican food. You eat more Mexican. There you go. Least talked about freshman beyond Ashton Stamps. Well, I mean, Ashton could, Stamps has been talked about plenty. so <laughs> That could have a big impact here. Um. Well, this fall. I this, think. Go ahead. 
I'll let you think about which. I think Mac Markway, we don't talk about him a lot, but I think he'll play a lot this game. He's an inline blocker, and that will be important. They have two very talented DNs. They've got a nice front seven for Florida State. They hit the portal very well. Uh, they brought back a lot of talent. They bring back a first-rounder in Jared Burst. I think that the blocking is going to be key in this one, not just the offensive linemen, but what guys like Markway can bring. So, we don't talk about him much. Again, an inline blocker, but I do think that he has some important moments this season, even more notably this game. Yeah. Um, looking at the big picture season, it's it's hard to figure out with the um, the preface of like you know least talked about because throughout the whole offseason, JV and Toviano was talked about a lot. Over fall camp, he wasn't talked about a ton, at least from me and I think from most outlets. It was kind of like, you know, Toviano's with the twos, that's safety, cool. But if, you know, if I can include him, I'm going to take him because I do think there are going to be moments throughout the year where we see Toviano come in and make a play here or there. I'm not saying he's going to make a ton of plays, but I think he makes enough at the safety position to really turn heads as and show flashes of being really, really good. So um, I'll go Toviano because I don't think he was talked about it much at all during fall camp. I like that pick. I think you can pick him. We haven't talked a ton about him, but yes, you're right. He has been consistently in the two deep at multiple positions. So we'll see how much he plays uh, as a freshman. I do think he could have a big year, as you noted, either with guys getting hurt or just getting into the rotation. Forever Tiger, who do you see at running back to be in the play, playing rotation against FSU? And what do you think our rushing yardage for the game is? Thanks in advance. Okay, so they have eight running backs. Let's just frame it this way. How many of those eight do you think get a touch in this game? I'm sticking with four, and I hate to tell you all LSU fans, I just don't think it's going to be Caleb Jackson. I don't think Caleb Jackson gets on the field this game. There's my – I don't know if it's a reasonable hot take or not, but um, I think they're I think they're just a little – they're going to see it a little bit more. I think that Grambling game, Caleb Jackson will play plenty, but I just don't think they trust him right now to get on the game against Florida State where – this is a game with playoff implications. Everything everything is implica- imp- has implications on this game. Uh, I just don't think we see him. I think we see Josh Williams, Logan Diggs, and then John Emery, Noah Kane situationally. I like that four. I'll go four or five. I want to remind people of this, unless you've gone back and watched the FSU game recently or you've just got a very good memory. I'm, my football all bleeds together. They didn't run the ball well at all against Florida State a year ago. Jaden did. He ran for over 100 yards. He didn't have a touchdown on the ground, but 16 carries for 114 is seven yards a carry. You'll take that yeah. every single day. But Josh Williams had a carry for two yards. Noah Kane had seven for 23 yards. Uh, Armani Goodwin was healthy at that point. He had five, but only for 14 yards. You didn't have anyone rush for more than three and a half yards a carry out of your running back group. And only Noah Kane scored a touchdown, but again, only 20 yards on the day on seven carries. Yeah. That's a little over three yards a carry. That's not going to work. That's not good enough. I would have to think that they want more production out of the run game in this one than they got a year ago. So I would trim back on Jaden's numbers a little bit, give that to the running back group. I'll say this. What is that? 23 and 14, 33, 37, 40 yards, basically from the running backs, not even a year ago. Yeah. If the running back group as a whole combines to hit 100, I think LSU is in a very good spot in this game. Oh, yeah. If it, if LSU finds – if LSU can get that kind of balance between run pass, I think they win this game very, very – not comfortably, but I think they're in control 
for a lot of this game because that type of balance is something that, like you said, it was it was on and off last year, really. I know that they had the most rushing touchdowns ever. I know all that stuff. And in short yardage situations, I trusted them. But uh, as far as the running back goes, like the actual running game with the running backs, it was very, very hit or miss last year. So that would be a great sign if they could run the ball in this defensive line. That's a good point. You'd like to see that right out of the gates. And look, if they get up, uh, my path for them to win big would be get up early. If you can run the ball successfully in the second half um, and keep the clock rolling and keep the chains moving, that will be huge. So, yes, the running back by committee approach, I'd like to see them do significantly better than they did a year ago when they didn't even hit the 40-yard mark in this one um, and not reliant purely on Jaden Daniels going 100 over 100 yards rushing the football. Uh, Slick Deuce Man, there's been reports of Brian Thomas being inconsistent and hasn't taken that next step yet. Any chance most snaps at receivers this weekend will actually be neighbors, Kyron Lacey and Aaron Anderson? Um, That's a tough question. I actually think all four of those guys, I would include Brian Thomas in it. I think those four get the most reps. I'm not sure if Aaron outreps Brian Thomas, though. I think... Well, the reports, I mean, I've, I, you know, we're, we're all at practice and I'll, I'll talk to various other writers and beat writers and reporters and stuff like that from that cover LSU. And it was just kind of, I, I asked them, I was like, have we seen like Brian Thomas really make a bunch of plays this fall? And it was like, no, no, we haven't. So, you know, I think that was kind of just a, we, of what we watched. And I, I said this on the board, I want to make it clear. It's like, we didn't watch 100% of the 11-on-11 scrimmages. We probably didn't watch 50% of the 11-on-11 scrimmages. We probably watched 30% of, like, the total overall 11-on-11 stuff. And a lot of that was, like, you know, either we, you know, we were leaving as it was happening, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of factors here. So when I say that we haven't seen Brian Thomas make those plays, I'm not saying he didn't make those plays. But we saw Shelton Sampson. We saw, obviously, Malik Neighbors, uh, Aaron Anderson. We saw those guys make plays in our viewing. So that's what I was always I always maintained throughout the fall is that we didn't see Brian Thomas. But I think Brian Thomas is going to have a fine year. Um, it'll just be interesting to see how much of a step forward he takes. I don't think he needs to take a huge step forward, but I do think he has to take a step forward in production this year. Um, so I do want to clarify that off off the rip um so yeah I, I have brian thomas clearly in that top group i think he starts i think he's fine this um he will have to make some plays on sunday though i think people gosh it's it's almost like people think of brian thomas almost in the way of his personality which is very quiet keeps to himself not very showboaty isn't out there tweeting doesn't you don't see about a bunch of nil deals he just goes about his business that's how he was in high school he was phenomenal in high school and it's because He's a difference maker at his size. He's a legit 6'4", well over 200 pounds. And I think people also are quick to forget Matty B back in 2021, your first, I think I guess that was your first year on the LSU beat. He had nine starts as a true freshman. And then last year, he didn't even start in half the games. I think he started six of 13. He had five touchdowns. Malik had three. So Brian Thomas has made plays for this team before. Did we see it all throughout fall camp like we did on Malik Neighbors? No, we didn't. Were we there for every moment of fall camp? As Maddie B said, no, we weren't. I, I think that Brian Thomas gets a top three amount of reps in this game, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he had a touchdown or made a couple of big plays. I am far from 
cashing in my Brian Thomas tickets for anybody else. And I love Aaron Anderson and Chris Hilton. They've got other guys, Shelton Sampson, but Brian Thomas has played a lot of football and started a lot of football these past two years. Your junior year is usually when you make that turn and you become a really big difference maker for a team. So when you can have a guy like Malik Neighbors who takes that much attention, you'll get yours. I think Brian Thomas has a big game. Yeah. Do you want to talk bird dogs? Let's talk a little bird dog. Um, yeah, shout out again to bird dog who have been a sponsor of ours uh, now for a couple of months. Um, but we talked to y'all all summer in the past few months, really, uh, about their shorts, which have just been a complete game, game changer. Uh, they are khaki shorts. Um, they also have them. Kind of in that uh, Lululemon style fit, uh, yeah. but in my opinion, I'm in both. I like bird dogs more. Uh, they have the liner in them, but they have this anti-stink sweat whipping, wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I can back that up. I have two pair of them, and I wear them out all the time, whether it's doing yard work or Maddie B playing tennis, whatever you do, they work. Yep. They are le- legit. Um, the Cloudnik fabric. Uh, looks like khaki, but it stretches. You get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice any movement. And we've got good news here. We've got a new promo rolling. Go to birddogs.com slash tigers or enter the promo code when you're on bird dogs, just tigers. That's our promo code here at the Bengal Tiger. You'll get a free hydro flask style water bottle with your order. Again, birddogs.com slash tigers or promo code tigers when you're checking out. You get the free hydro flask style water bottle. That's a big hookup. I, um, you'd have to use your imagination here on what it looks like. I don't have one. Um, it's not because it's a Tesseract, but I just don't have one in front of me. I do have their uh, cup, so it's bigger than this, obviously. Uh, but with the that heat, cup is really good though. Outdoors, you're traveling, going to work. Yeah. Uh, get your free hydro flask style water bottle, which is a pretty good deal because actually it's uh, not cheap. So I was gonna <laughs> get on there. Yeah, not cheap uh, at all. Yeah, get it. It's That's free. Good. Free ninety nine. Great deal. Nothing's better than free. All you got to do yes. is order something. So birddogs.com slash tigers. Use the promo code tigers again. I mean, they have shorts, pants, hats. A, a long cups, water bottles. You'll get one for free here uh, with the hydro flask style water bottle, but I'll back all their stuff. I now have a pair of pants for a couple pair of shorts, a couple of shirts, you know, one of the polos, Maddie B we both got. Uh, they are very, very comfortable. And Maddie B you got to start rocking it to tennis. Maddie B has been playing tennis all over. Uh, you can find him in Bocage to the, the streets of Baton Rouge. He's playing everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. Rocking the bird dogs gear. So there we go. Bocas, Shout out Bird Dogs. We appreciate uh, them being a sponsor. You guys go support them if you aren't already. Uh, let's move it on. Simpsonville Tiger. Are we going to be disappointed, content, or happy about special teams? All right, we made it this far. We made it past the ad read. 30 minutes in, and we've not talked special teams, which, boy, oh, boy, was quite the um, the spectacle a year ago in this game, and it was a harbinger of things to come, uh, to be real about special teams. I will say you will be happy. Content would be just if they did okay and they weren't bad last year. If they just did fine in this game and don't mess up, that's happy to me because of how bad it it cost you the game last year in more ways than one. Like it literally cost you the game at the end when you missed your extra point and didn't block down correctly and didn't get to go to overtime, but they had muffed punts. They had missed field, like bad news bears, except special teams edition. 
I would say anything that comes mistake free for me would be filed into the happy category. I agree. Um, it's it's hard to I mean, it's like everyone asks me, it's like, well, you, you got to watch practice, you know, is special teams better. It's like, I mean, they, they're doing the drills. They're doing the, the kickoff coverage. They're doing the punt returns. They're doing everything. And it looks fine. I mean, the only thing that we can really critique is if a field goal goes in or doesn't or um, and if the punt returner catches the punt, like those are the only two tangible things that you can really get a feel for. Um and I thought they were fine on both of those. I think Aaron Anderson's going to be really good at punt returner. I think Damian Ramos is going to be a pretty damn good kicker. So um, I'm excited to see what happens when the bullets are flying. That's what special teams is, is you don't really know until you get out there because it's not like offense and defense where you have multiple, you know, 70 reps in a game or something like that to, to, to see it. There's like seven, eight opportunities for special, for special teams every game. So one mistake and it's a bad obviously a bad day so we'll we'll see yeah thrilled uh which he did not offer up as an option would be Aaron Anderson pulling a Zachariah Branch and just yes. taking one to the house in game 1 uh in his debut uh, as a return guy on special teams for LSU so that's my take anything that comes mistake free would be very happy if I'm an LSU fan knowing how things went last year uh Ernie Ball 5 oh man he gave me the shout out here so I get it for Shay Dixon over under on average yards per punt by uh, Josh Groudon this year. Uh, or it, he says Groudon. He meant Bramplett. Um, Groudon was an old LSU punter. So Groudon now gives zero um, because he doesn't play at LSU anymore. But Bramplett, uh, I will go. He went 43 and a half. Now, one thing to know here, obviously, you're a fan of LSU and you listen to the podcast. You do know that Bramplett played for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. He has 51 now they don't log starts for punters but he has been the starting punter in 51 career games so that's more games than anyone else on LSU's team has been in a starting role for so this one will be easy for me I can just go to what he's done every other year uh, as a freshman he averaged 40 yards a punt then he was 43 yards a punt then he was 43 yards a punt then last year in his first year at LSU he was 44 and a half so a little bit better average every single year, which capped off at 44 and a half last year. He says 43 and a half. I'll go over because he has gone up every single year. So I would imagine he's probably going to be in that 45 range, which is very, very good. Yes, um, I agree. Uh, and I want to also give him a shout out because I think he is all SEC caliber punter, top two, top three punter in the league. So shout out to Bramley. He got hosed. He didn't even make any of the first, second, or third I team. I know. Ridiculous. Sad day. Ridiculous. Sad day. Well, shout out to uh, shout out to Josh Groudon, wherever he is right now. Maybe he's listening to the pod, but shout out to Jay Bramplett as well. Uh, Cotton, Cotton was King wants to know, are we having any adult beverages? We've got to work. This is the first week of football season. We can't just be out there partying with you guys. Uh, he said we need a make and model. Um, ah, man, that'll be – TBD if uh, this will be a white wine Sunday night or not uh, for uh, <laughs> at the Dixon household. We'll see. Uh, bourbon and Cheerios. Oh, here he goes. Now we're rocking. He's back. Now he's only got it. three questions. He doesn't have 10. So he's taking it easy on us. When was the last time no one was concerned about our O-line and everyone was concerned about corner? I'd first say that hmm, two years ago, probably. No one's concerned about the offense. 
I think he's pointing out just for a long time, LSU's O-line seemed to be the thing they were always figuring out, but corner, they always, you knew who you had. This is the second year in a row. I kind of feel like even though they did start two true freshmen last year, I thought that the O-line was going to be better than the corners. The corners just stepped up and bailed I guess, out. Yeah, it would be, it would be, it would be 2021, right? Because you had two years ago, the year after COVID. You had Ricks and Stingley. Correct. And then offensive line wise, it wasn't even like it was a decent returning line. So, but yeah. Oh yeah, I would say two years ago would be yeah. when I would say that that was the last time. This is. Oh no, wait. I'm sorry. I got that flipped. No, no, no. Because they had Ricks and Stingley, so nobody was concerned. But I mean, I guess you know, going into the season wise, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I would say still to the last time people were concerned about the O line and not about corner would have been two years ago and that's what yeah, i mean been. as the season went on yeah it was like after week like two or something then it was like okay we don't know what's happening at corner but yeah going sorry i got that flipped but yeah i, I still think that's probably the point um well the, and then he asked will this o-line finishes our best ever that's a very tall task and wow this is an a program that just is a few years removed 2019 they won what what's the tro- I don't want, it's not Outland. What's the trophy for best oh, offensive line? God. Um, Mich- or uh, Michigan's won it the last two years. Um, it's the oh man, I don't know. I'm gonna look it up though. They're screaming it out of uh, their radios and phones right now. Joe Moore, Joe Moore Award. That's oh, there you go. All right, I was you beat me. I was just gonna Google it for us. So, who oh, best and and even then that O line gave up. A lot. They, Burrow just bailed them out. He would spin out of things. He would run. He would make quick decisions. This is a tough one to say. I'll will just say this is one of the better offensive lines I've seen LSU have, with the potential to be better than that 2019 offensive line. I think that they have more pieces in place, in my opinion. If Charles Turner is if Charles Turner is as good as I think he can be this year, then yeah, I think so. Have to have a Lloyd Cushenberry type of year. Lloyd was great at center on that 2019 team. But across the past decade, this is one of the two or three best offensive lines without a doubt. And here's the good news. Most of them are very young. So you will continue to have this offensive line again next year with even more pieces uh, as we watch guys like Zalon's Hurd and them get into the fold. Uh, Matty B, he wants to wrap up with this. If you're opening up the club, what's the first – if you're opening up a club, what's the first song you're spinning? Well, DJ Matty B come through. Uh, I think you got to get it going at the club with some dance stuff. So I'm going like, I'm, I'm going to say you can't out with Whitney Houston dance with somebody. Nobody's not going to come on the there dance floor for that. And then you're there. Yeah. I got you out. That's a good one. That's a good one. Cause I was thinking, I was like, all right, can you go all the way to 10 off the rip? If you're starting off, you got to start. I think that's a good one, actually. Yeah, I think you got to go with something that everybody knows. So you, you throw that out there and you'll be good to go. That's a, uh, that's I'll be good. opening. Let me know whenever y'all need me on the ones and twos. I'll step in just for the opener. I can only play one song and then I'm out. Uh, Clarence Beeks, outside of Mason Smith, uh, are you hearing uh, about any other unpleasant roster, quote unquote, surprises on game day? I guess we'll see if Brian Kelly says anything, but you wouldn't. You, you're not putting Denver Harris into a file of mm. surprise if he's <laughs> no. not playing because we've known that all month. I have not heard anything about anybody else missing time for any reason. Again, we'll see this week, but whether it's injury-wise or just staying uh, on the straight and narrow, that I it seems they're in pretty good shape here. Yeah, again, unless somebody's gotten injured in the past week, 
uh, when we were not there, not present, not talking to Brian Kelly. I mean, honestly, they got through fall camp about as good as you can ask. So I know it's not great. It's not good losing Mason Smith, but at the same time, you know, um, pretty good overall. Um, LSU lawyer, where's the watch party going to be this weekend? Uh, Matty B, you'll be in Orlando. The watch party is in uh, Camping World. I'll have yep. it said. I'll be holding down the home base uh, yes. for us. And Billy will be out rocking high school games, and he'll probably have his eye on SMU. Uh, how much are you all going to need Monday morning to recover? I think everyone's going to need Monday morning to recover. Fortunately, it is Labor Day, so maybe some of y'all have off, and y'all can stay up late watching LSU and hanging out with us on the board, and we'll have a reaction podcast right after the game. But, yes, I would imagine – Given that LSU is playing Sunday night on the East Coast, uh, that, yes, many folks are going to need uh, an extended Monday. So hopefully you all have Labor Day off. Um, and if you don't, I I hate it for you, but we'll be up uh, early and Adam on Monday morning. Maddie B, you'll be headed back and we'll be chatting with everyone on the board. Yep. Let's see. Um, doo -doo -doo. Santana, who are the alpha dogs in the locker room? Now we just saw. Will Campbell got number seven. He'll wear the patch as an offensive lineman. And then number 18 went to Makai Wingo, which is no surprise. Makai Wingo has been an absolute leader for this team since he got here. He is the representative for the SEC Leadership Council for LSU. Hmm. He went to media days. He's always someone who comes out and talks to media. He's just got a very good head on his shoulders, and he's a really good player. The alpha dog in the locker room. I'm going to go – I don't know, man, alpha dog, sometimes you have to have a senior mentality to you because you're kind of a leader. So, like, I think Daniels and Nussmeyer. I think Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels is my pick. Yeah, I mean, I think Nussmeyer is the same. Nussmeyer is not – we saw many times last year when Nussmeyer – at the halftime of the FSU game, Nussmeyer gave apparently a spirited speech about everyone needs to wake up. Y'all need to get behind Jaden. You know, there was that whole still debate of who was going to be the starter. So – they're alpha dogs. It's very tough for me not to call Harold Perkins the alpha dog. I mean, he's kind of quiet, though, so I don't know what his locker room mentality is. Alpha, alpha dog's always such a – I don't know. It's such an interesting term where, like, we're not in the locker room. Nobody's in the locker room. Like, I mean, besides the locker room guys. Even the, the coaches, as much as they know, it's like it, – this is it's a player thing, so I'm not really worried about that. I will say real quick, because you mentioned 7 and 18 um, – uh, for the record, let the record show, I'm actually perfectly fine with Will Campbell getting the number seven. So put there me in go. that category. And they, Brian Kelly said he wants the tradition now to be a Louisiana guy getting it. And obviously, Ollie Highsmith right. and Patrick Peterson were Florida guys that kind of started it, but it's taken a very Louisiana-heavy flavor over the years. And now it goes to what Brian Kelly says, the best player from Louisiana and Will Campbell. Um, I do like that both guys are in the trenches, and that's where you win. And Brian Kelly values both those positions very much. So I like the picks as well. I've got, I've got no beef on it. College football is changing. We're about to have all new conferences. Seven and the number seven can change too. It's fine. We're, we're always evolving. Uh, but he did have another question. He said, do you think we will be more sound at inside linebacker this year? How has Spates looked? I absolutely think they will be more sound because you've got Greg Penn back. He was one of the team's leading tacklers. You've added Omar Spates. He was an all Pac-12 first teamer and has played four years at Oregon State. He's been, I think he's looked very good all fall camp. Uh, as I noted, you have Harold Perkins in that mix now. 
You've got some solid backups in the Weeks brothers. So, yeah, I consider they only play two linebackers. I feel very good about where they're at there. Yeah, I think that's arguably the biggest the biggest change from last year to this year. Um, and the biggest improvement, I guess, from last year to this year is going from Penn and Baskerville, who were, were fine. They were fine linebackers, and you still have Penn on the team in the rotation. He'll play a lot. But you go from them to Spates, per- Spates and Perkins, it's a massive upgrade. So we'll see how much linebackers are worth. We take a look at um, kind of a similar question. Dumb, dumb brain picks. Uh, do we see Perkins, Harold, uh, used similarly in the FSU game to how he was against Bama, predominantly spying Jordan Travis and then some edge rush sprinkled in. Of note, uh, Jordan Travis only rushed eight times for 31 yards in this game a year ago. So he's not Jaden Daniels uh, as a rusher. Like he's not really looking that as hard as Dan- as Daniels is or as other quarterbacks are. Um, to answer the question, I, I think no. I don't think that's exact. That's how he's used. I think he's used much more like a middle linebacker, like an inside linebacker. Um, last year was very. It was still even the Alabama game was very gadgety. It was very much like you know, line him up on the edge and then spy him, blitz him, and, you know, kind of use him in that specific role. I don't think he looks anything like that this year. I think he's very much an inside linebacker that they use as a pass rusher in certain downs. But first and second downs, I think he plays a lot of traditional more inside linebacker. I'm with you. I just want to see some Harold Perkins. A little bit of edge, though. I just want to see some of it. Give give me a little bit of it. Um Trey Beamer, DB rotation, you expect for FSU. So at safety, Matty B, it seems pretty cut and dry. The three guys who are going to play the most are Greg Brooks, Major Burns, and Andre Sam. Um, They're all veterans. They've all played a ton of football. They are all one-time transfers who are playing at LSU now, so they played at multiple schools. If they get beyond that, it will. those are going to be the three main guys. Corner, Zai, and I don't know. Zai and Sage, Zai and Deuce. Both, I, have, <clears throat> I don't. I don't know the answer because we went all of fall camp, the majority of it, with Zai and Deuce Chestnut as the corners, Sage at nickel. We ended fall camp with Sage and Zai Alexander as the corners. So, I would imagine the rotation has to consist of those guys, and maybe you sprinkle in some Ashton Stamps. Yeah, I mean that's that's the rotation. Who's going to start is a whole different question at that second cornerback spot because. I don't know the answer. I'm not 100% LSU knows the answer. Um, but based on what Brian Kelly said, it kind of makes sense that Sage Ryan could start across from Zy Alexander at the other cornerback spot. So that would be one that was not on anyone's bingo card coming into the fall camp with Sage Ryan starting at outside corner, boundary corner. So um, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see. Keep them guessing. Uh, third and 10 asked, uh, who's the eighth O-lineman in the eye of the coaching staff? He has Marlon Martinez and Hurd as six and seven. I wouldn't disagree with that. And I would say Mason Lunsford from Maryland is yeah. probably the eighth guy. Yeah. Pretty yeah, cut and dry to me. Correct. Pretty pretty on point. Um, I mean, Chemo and Bo and DJ have gotten reps. I think they are a step behind those guys that, that we talked about. And Mason Lunsford has 26 career starts, so that's it's more than almost everybody on the offensive line. So, uh, yes, he's if you're giving it branching it out to eight offensive linemen, Mason Lunsford, the trans, the only O line transfer they took out of Maryland, is 100% in that group. 
D Tiger, you uh, coin toss, you deferring or taking the ball first? I'm deferring. I'm I'll defer. I'm deferring on that. And yes, is LSU ready for the counter run options? It whatever Florida State's shown on film or kind of is yeah, the bread and butter they're ready for. Yeah. And the um, analyst, you've got a lot of analysts who spend a lot of time on this game. So there's not going to be anything that catches them by surprise. It's all going to be about execution. Execution, uh, Mr. Optimistic, 504. With new additions on offense and more depth at tight end, does the offense open up more? I think yes. I think they do more on offense than they did a year ago, yes. If that's the definition of opening up, it will, they will have more options and more variety than they did a year, year ago because they were a bit pigeonholed. They did not have the tight ends they do now, and this is an offensive coordinator and a head coach who wants to run a two-tight end system. Yeah, this is. <laughs> it reminds me how how diehard uh, Bengal uh, LSU fans we have in in the chat. Man, we are getting deep into the weeds, and I I love it. But they're ready for football. We are ready for football, man. Uh, the new additions offense, more depth at tight end position. We think the offense will be more opened up this year. Um, yeah, I, I think it will be more versatile. I think it, this is huge for LSU, especially also in the run game to a degree where you can play two tight ends. And even if the second tight end isn't a great blocker, if it's Kamori and Pimpton or whoever else, um, you can still be more versatile than what you were last year. So um, I do think it will be opened up a bit. 504 Tiger fan. We're going back to back 504. Shout out to the New Orleans folks out there, New Orleans area folks. How has Trey Bradford looked? Now Trey Bradford, for those that don't know, is a running back who, Signed with LSU, played a little bit at LSU, transferred to Oklahoma, spent about a day there, came back to LSU, sat out, wasn't on the team last year, was away from the team, yeah. uh, worked on his own to get back into good graces. He did, and now he's part of an eight-man running back room. I will say, Matty B, you can weigh in on if you saw him stand out at any certain point in time. Physically, Trey Bradford looks great. He looks like when you see them all out there, he is a big kid. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he actually had a really good fall. Um, worked himself into a position to potentially maybe even helping this team this year. Um, you know, Bradford, Jackson, Goodwin, Holly, how do you <clears throat> organize that for is up for debate. Um, but Bradford, I think, is is in contention to be near the top of that room as far as the, the second tier, in my opinion. I like that. I'm ready to see. They only played three guys at running back in this game a year ago. So if we can get yeah. to four or five, Bradford will probably be in that mix. Uh, Greg DeLott asked, <laughs> give me some picks for the weekend, trying to win some money. Uh, okay, Matty B will have his uh, weekly picks, at least LSU related, uh, later yeah. in the week. Some final lines. And, final lines. Uh, you actually were hitting on your player props a good bit last year. So Dude. stay hot, Matty B, mm, we, out of the gate. This year. is when you get them, out of the gate. You know the team. We had a we had a good year last year, LSU picking LSU games. And the games we lost were because of a blocked extra point. Um don't start blaming special teams now. I'm I'm blaming it. Losing me my bet. Uh, Anthony Richardson's hit his over passing yards prop by seven yards. That was a gut punch. And then uh I lost to Alabama LSU under because it went to overtime. So those are three of my losses last year, but don't worry, we're going perfect. Twelve and zero. All right. Well, be sure to be on the lookout for that on Friday. Matty B's got you guys covered. Oh, I got one. Yeah. I got one right now, though. Um, SMU, SMU minus 20 against La Tech. Oh, man. And Billy's not even here. There's Shout Billy. out to SMU I'm on the call pod. Billy. All right. 
Big line there. Matty B likes the Mustangs by three touchdowns over Tech. Uh, but, but, but where are we at? Two more. Uh, and then we'll get you guys out of here. We'll, under an hour. Two more. So two more. We, we've done it. No promises were made, but we've done it under an hour. Two more. Cyan Tiger asked, excluding Mason Smith, who are our two best pass rushing defensive tackles? And how do we get creative or can we get creative at DT on passing downs? For example, moving guys like Shan, Jones, and Wiggins inside. Um, Matty B, you can take this one. You've watched <clears throat> a lot of the shuffling on the D-line at camp. Your thoughts yeah. on the two best pass rushers not named Mason Smith? And do you think they move guys around? Parashand is one guy who has moved around. Uh, two best pass rushing DTs are Jordan Jefferson, and then I'd still go with Mikhail Wingo, I believe. Um, yeah, I, I'm not putting Jalen Lee in there, and um, I'm not putting Guillory in there. Um, and then there's a Fitzgerald West question here, so I'll include that in my answer. But uh, do we get creative at DT on passing downs? They could go with a package that they went to last year or some something similar where they kind of only have one defensive tackle in the game and go with, let's say, Wingo, Jones, Ogofu, and Perkins or something like that. Remember, they had those versatile packages last year. So I, I definitely would not be surprised. Madhouse is all for throwing some different stuff at the wall on obvious passing downs. So I think that that's, uh, that'll be something to watch for. And then slim down Fitzgerald West. Um, I think he's actually really, he actually showed some, some flashes in the fall. Um, I don't think he's in the top tier. I don't think he's in the second tier, but if we get down to the third team defensive tackles, I think he's very much in contention for, for those spots. So um, how much does he play? I don't, I don't know, but I think he's, he, he's a fine player. It's only his second year too. So it's only his second year. But uh, yes, uh, backup nose tackle. Guillory is going to be the guy who gets a lot of nose tackle run this yeah. year, obviously. Um, and last one, Tiger Fan 11. Who will be the difference maker this Sunday? No quarterbacks allowed. <laughs> one from each team. I'm assuming he means literal teams, LSU, Florida State, and not like offense, defense. If he oh, did yeah. mean offense, defense, I apologize. I am going to steal my answer so I can just get it out there easily. Florida State, I'm going Jared Verse. I think he is the best player on their team. I think he'll be the highest drafted player off their team, and he is a absolute terror uh, off the edge. So you have to pay attention to him at all times. Perhaps we get some great Will Campbell matchups there. We'll see. Um, but that will be one guy else who's going to have to keep a big eye on defensively for Florida State. The difference maker for me, no quarterbacks allowed. I am going to go a Josh Williams. I think that if they're able to run the football on Florida State and not be reliant on Jaden's legs or whatever Malik Neighbors and the receivers are doing, that bodes well for them. Again, they only rushed for 39 yards or whatever with the running backs a year ago. If Josh Williams can get you some big runs, can move the chains for you a handful of times, and the other running backs all contribute, I think that's the difference maker. So I'll go to and I'll go Jared first. Those are good picks. I'm trying not to pick obvious guys that we've already talked about in this. That's where thing. you're going to get yourself in trouble. you got to be obvious with it. That's what makes it obvious because it's probably going to happen. <laughs> Just say I'll Malik. I'm not going to just take Malik and Harold Perkins yeah, and be done. Or, no, just say no. the best player. Um, I mean, yeah, I do think Malik is going to be a freaking monster. I, I just think he's – in order for LSU to win this game, I'll say this. Malik Neighbors has to have over 
85 yards and a touchdown for LSU to win this game. Because it's not that nobody else can produce at receiver. I think Jane Daniels is clearly, clearly the most comfortable with Malik. And if he finds Malik early and often, it will settle in him into this game. I just think Malik Neighbors is going to have to over 85 yards and a touchdown in this game for LSU to win. Um, even if they lose, honestly, they'll probably, they'll probably put up similar type of numbers. But if they're going to win, he has to have a really, really good game. So, yeah, uh, I'll take Malik, sure, on that side. Uh, Florida State, man. It's been really interesting. I've, I've looked at a lot of Florida State on paper over the past month or two. Um. I, Trey Benson's a really good running back. Keon Coleman's a really good receiver. Their offensive line is is solid. It's not great, but it's solid. Um, difference maker. I'm not gonna take another receiver, but I'll I'll go with. I mean Fabian Lovett, defensive tackle. He's an absolute handful. If uh, Charles Turner's not ready, if their inside linemen aren't ready, then. It will be a very interesting task to block Florida State because, like you said, Jared Verse is going to command a ton of attention off the edge. Fabian Lovett is also a very, very, very good player, all all all, all AAC type of player there. So, um, I'll go Fabian Lovett for Florida State. All right, our first mailbag. Our first mailbag. Nope, that's it. Uh, Fifty-six minutes. Um, thank you all. To- Thank you to everyone who sent in the questions. I got like 20. I don't even know how much it was. 20, 25, something around that mark. But uh, answered them all. So everybody feels good. No cherry picking the questions. Um, we'll see if we reach that point A point in the year. But like I said earlier, Tuesday, recruiting pod. Uh, Wednesday, we will have a Florida State beat writer on to talk Florida State. Friday, we'll have our predictions or have our preview podcast. And then Sunday night. Monday morning, wherever you want to classify it. Uh, we will have our post-game podcast as well. So that's the schedule for this week and obviously moving forward. So be subscribed. Press the little bell notification for when we post. Uh, we'll probably start going live on a couple of these as well, maybe. Yep. I was thinking like once a month. Once a month, we give it uh, a shot to go live. So we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, thank you all for joining us. Uh, again, subscribe to the Bengal Tiger on 3 if you're not already. Half off the first year. And $1 for a month. Um, Shout out to Bird Dogs as well, our sponsor for this podcast. And yeah, we'll be back later in the week to talk to you all again. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.